Welcome to The Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips and tricks, and things you should know to level up your gameplay. Don't forget to join us in Discord and Patreon as we continuously discuss MCP on a daily basis. The links will be in the show notes. On the podcast, regular members are Jacob, Sploosh, and Dizzard. Alright, welcome back to another episode of The Danger Room, and uh, for those who don't know, we're trying something new this week of uploading videos to YouTube, so if you want to see Sploosh's smiling face right now, uh, <laughs> uh, you can uh, go ahead and check it out there. Uh, as well as Happy Halloween to those who celebrate it. Um, I am very festive right now, and Jacob carved some pumpkins. You could check that out in our off-topic channel on the Discord. Uh, they look pretty sweet. You got what? Uh, there's a Zelda one. A little battery, and what was the first one? I forgot. Uh, my son wanted a cat, so I did a cat. Oh, there, yeah. So there's some, some cool little things we're doing. Um, so yeah, uh, let's just jump right into it. Jacob, what do you have today for Xavier Protocols? I guess it's going to tie in with our hot take, spoiler alert, but uh, we've had some recent changes to some cards, which changed the dice math on flurry attacks. So this is affecting uh, Valkyrie, it's affecting Medusa, and we're, maybe it's affecting Corvus, we're kind of expecting that. And so I thought I'd run the maths on it and see what the actual impact is on the numbers. So first, where are they at the minute? Let's talk Medusa first. Medusa rolls five dice. Uh, and uh, that gives her a 53% chance of getting a wild. Do you know what? I've forgotten to add in the reroll. So it's actually going to be a little bit higher than that. Um, but with five dice, uh, you've got a 53% chance of getting the wild. Uh, and w- with the changes, just with five dice, ignoring that reroll, maybe she's stacking Angela. It's all good. Um, <laughs> then it goes down from 53 down to 26. Now that's rough. That's about half. So it's going to come up half as often. So instead of every other attack, it's going to be one in four as a rough rule of thumb. Uh, now, rerolls make that better, but still it gives you an idea. Valkyrie uh, goes from 65% chance of getting that flurry off down to 39. So again, it's not quite half, but it's almost half. So it's really slashing those odds. Um, and finally, Corvus, assuming that he does, he goes from getting it 70% of the time at the minute down to, I'm not quite certain of this number, I need to go and double check it, but it's in the region of 57%. So it hurts Corvus a lot less if it turns out that's what he's got. But I wouldn't be surprised for that reason if he had something slightly different on his flurry. Um, I can't think what it would be, like a wild and a shield or something. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's, if that is the change for Corvus, it doesn't hit him as hard as it hits those others. Because often the problem with uh, the problem with what you're looking for is you're missing that crit rather than missing that wild. So, yeah. Interesting. So if you wanted a rough rule of thumb, if you've said it happens about half as often, you're not far off. Hmm. I think that's kind of interesting. Like I was expecting it to be hurt a little bit more than that. Um, But it's, it's better than what, uh, like 70% of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was Corvus with the reality gem. So, It makes it uh, it's even better if you compare seven dice sixty five to seven reality. That extra five percent is the chance because of you getting that crit and then that crit rolling into a uh, into a wild is why those two numbers are different. Hmm. Interesting. I would like to know Valkyrie's spender with uh, Doom Prophecy with ten dice. <laughs> uh, yes, I would like to know that too. I'll get on that. Any, for you. any guesses? Just like a rough guesstimate. 
Well, 10 is what? 10 is about like 86%, I think. Uh, let me just double check that for you. Uh, 10 is 78%. So I'd expect it to go down to somewhere in the region of 40, I'm going to guess 48. But that's a bit of a guess. Um, yeah. So about half the time, maybe just under half. Feels about right. But going down from going down from over three quarters to half. Yeah. Well, I just rolled it out and I missed already. So first roll. Oh, well, okay. Point proof. <laughs> Simple. There it is. Proven math right there. That's how we. That's how we do it. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get moving on to our hot takes. And uh, who are we discussing this time? I forgot to look. Uh, well, who, who following we on from what we talked about, we're looking to talk about Medusa and Valkyrie and their revised cards that uh, AMG showed us. And, and think, what do you think of them? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the big question is, for a long time, Valkyrie has been like a go-to three. She's been a top-tier mm. three, which a lot of people have been taking out of affiliation. And Medusa has been one of sort of the power fours along with Enchantress people have been splashing for out of affiliation. And I think what they're aiming to do with this is to change that and make them good in affiliation. And maybe there's the odd team where they're an unaffiliated character, but uh, I think that was the intention. And I think they probably managed it. Um, certainly the big one for me is Valkyrie. I've played a lot of Valkyrie and it's so good with her, that first round throw, that move, move, throw, just having that option makes so many headaches for your opponent. And now you can still do it with like Caps Leadership or Advanced R&D, but the cost is a lot higher then because you're having to take a specific, lead, a specific leader or a Burner Tactics card in order to do it. Maybe Inhumans is another good example. Um, and maybe she's still pretty good in Brotherhood because she can get that thing going, but she's less good than she was. When I was playing Brotherhood, she was my favorite first activation, throw a two into a two, and then generate a bunch of power for the whole team. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work as well anymore. So maybe that edges her out, and there are better threes which are going to fit into those affiliations. Um, so I think it probably has succeeded in that aim of just bringing them down. It's not completely new to them. I mean, Valkyrie is still going to see a bunch of play in Asgard. She's still the best three in Asgard because she's the only three in Asgard. Uh, she can still take advantage of Rainbow Bridge and uh, Odin's Blessing. So she's great from that point of view. So she's still going to see play in Asgard. I think uh, maybe uh, Defenders, I've been playing her less in Defenders anyway, but there are situations where I want her where I want to have a high damage output character who starts on two powers. So let's say I want to go aggressive with them. I want to start attacking people. Uh, and that's my route to victory is through attrition. But it's also I want her to grab a, an extract on the way through, jump through a portal for one, pick up an extract, and then go do stuff. Or uh, on a pay to flip uh, secure, she's really good on that as well, along with Iron Fist. But the more you get, the better it is. So I can still, I can see she still may have a place in defenders, although she's already been kind of edging out for me, especially mm -hmm. with Iron Fist. He's great. And then Hawk, if you want to go full attrition, Hawkeye's often better because his reach is so much greater and he can do some crazy stuff on turn one. Which spoilers we might talk about later. Um, uh, what about the thought that Valkyrie already wasn't that like meta anymore? Like for example. If you, if you look at the European uh, cut, the people who made cut in Europe, um, I see two web warriors didn't bother taking Valkyrie. One web, web warrior did, and the uh, Wakanda guy did, but he's kind of like Wakanda Asgard, so it's also kind of a logical jump for them. Oh, uh, and then web warriors also, I don't even see people bring it, but web warriors 
will eventually be able to bring Miss um, Marvel, which is pretty good in Web Warriors. I, uh, what is it? Hell Cannon ran Miss Marvel in the West bracket. Um, That's cute. Yeah. I guess my point is like, who's playing Valkyrie? Like Wakanda, <laughs> I guess, but like that's mostly because it's Wakanda and like maybe that three power will hurt, but I don't know who they'd replace her with anyway. Um, I mean, Gwen's really good in that, in that she can move, but she was kind of already in it, but maybe you go Gwen and Miles. Uh, I know a while ago people were like Valkyrie and Miles is the way to do it. Um, so maybe you go Gwen and Miles as your, as your two free threats to make your 15 in Wakanda. Yeah, I mean, you still have the charge with the two power, so she's not, like, dead on turn one or anything. Um, she definitely hurts Brotherhood a lot. I don't even know what they do, because, like, she really was, like, a, a major player for them. Um, I don't know. Uh, she can still be enabled in Brotherhood by, like, having Magneto throw stuff. I think it changes, kind of changes your build. Vision can still do something similar, can't he, with his... Um... Yeah synthesis which gives him the power to do the throw so he can still start the, the chain of throwing stuff but um, maybe it's your yeah, build threat value your threat builds a little bit well it's like you like using her with dormammu like what does that change completely so i think dormammu might be the one where she's still locked in because she's now starting with three power per turn which is basically yeah. kind of the same Ooh. effect yeah shiny uh, and yeah. probably more interested in the attrition side of her rather than the control side of her anyway. And there could be an argument as well for, like, Steve Avengers. Um, yep. Uh, but they've got so many good affiliated threes who can oh, take yeah. advantage of uh, Avengers Assemble. So I think it's going to be a hard sell in that. I mean, just take yeah. Beast. Beast, Beast so, does the same thing. He gets the turn one throw. He gets further as well because he's got the bigger base. And he's got a wall crawler. So he's more mobile and he can still do the turn one throw. So maybe I think Beast edges her out in that in that spot, unless you need two of them, which maybe you do, but probably you don't. So it sounds like it's nerf Brotherhood, nerf Wakanda, uh, nerf Asgard, obviously, because it's one of their characters. Um, the right, same for Dormammu, the same for Steve Avengers, but probably not relevant. And I have a feeling web wearers are going to get disinterested and move on. What about um, A-Force, though? Yeah, well, A-Force, again, got great three threat options. Yeah, I don't know about A-Force. I mean, they can give her power, but she's usually not kind of online until the next turn. And then they have so many good characters coming that love power. But I don't know. That's that, I'd say A-Force is like a maybe. It's maybe I just, fine. I guess my biggest take from it is... We were right all along, and Zemo will forever be the number one three. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I'm, I'm still holding my breath. You never know. Like maybe some of the like Shik, he might have just like misspoken, and he yeah. has changed. But I really hope no one touched Zemo because I love Zemo too much. <laughs> uh, what about Medusa then, guys? What do you think? Do you think she's gonna still see some play? I, I think she will. I think like. I think that she, like, got, like, you kind of talked about the numbers, and the numbers kind of prove that, like, yes, she's different, but she's not, she's still going to do what you want her to do. She's still going to be a beat house. And the biggest thing, I know Sushi's going to argue this, is the fact that, like, Royal Decree is still so good. Um, and that's, like, the biggest thing. Uh, yes, she does damage, but she has Royal Decree, and that can just change the complete state of the board. And 
like I'm sure we've talked about that multiple times before to where manipulating the board state is like one of the biggest things that change the outcome of a game. So I think Medusa stays like a high rank four. Yeah, she's yeah. less broken though. Yeah. You know, so that that influences her her impact in unaffiliated. I think with affiliated you're you're still just loving her and mm-hmm. AMG did a good job of not um you know destroying her as a character or anything like that. Um she's still gonna have the same highs that she has now, which is pretty exciting and scary for your opponent. Um but more likely she's gonna have kind of more like medium turns. Uh, more in line with what a fourth threat should be. Yeah. Uh, her power gain will be limited, but honestly, I was finding my Medusas at like eight power every game. So it was like, and not like, it was pretty trivial too, right? Like it wasn't like it was difficult at all. Um, her Also her, her builder just made the spender like literally irrelevant. I, I still think it might anyway, <laughs> even with the new version of her, but at least it's like a little bit more of a thought. Um, well, and yeah, yeah. I think wow. the the issue there is you've got you nearly always want to royal decree at least once, sometimes twice, yeah. and you nearly always want a hair flip as well. So you're looking at five to seven power to do those two superpowers every every round, and it costs six to do split ends. So you need eleven power to do all of those things. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like nice to royal uh... decree. I don't think you roll it a green like every turn or anything. It definitely is something you you try to do frequently, but I don't. You know. I mean, you try you try and engineer it as much as you can. I mean, you get to a point where you're on a point and you don't need to leave. So I guess it's not all the time. And maybe that's when you start doing your area two attack. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she has the same issue that Carnage has. Is where like the builder is just really solid. Like Carnage's builder is nothing special, but it's still solid and it does work. Um, and you really only use your spender if the perfect situation arises. Um, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about this week's league games. But uh, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, the, other thing, the other thing to say is the change to the way the timing of the push is yeah, that's bigger now because it yeah. used to be that you could attack, attack, push, push, and now you you have to do the push before damage. So you go attack, push if you want to. And then if you get the flurry, then you attack. She might be out of range because if, if you push them, or you've sacrificed that push to get a second attack. So yeah, which is which is huge. Like that's such a big change because before she would just attack, attack, push, push, and like you'd just be gone. Like if you're not dead, you're out of the game. Like, yeah, you're you're essentially I, staggered at least, depending on your movement. I actually think it's a slight buff to like like most situations, but there are situations where it's a nerf. Um, so for example, if you attack someone twice and let's say that was like your last action, mm-hmm. um, the double move was probably better because you're just like, Oh, I didn't kill you. So go away. You know? Yeah. Um, however, um, I found more often if you would like kill someone within range of her, knowing the swing back is coming, uh, it actually was kind of annoying, like their positioning. Cause you're like, Oh, well, I, well, next turn now they're going to kill me. With this, you can kill someone and move them away. So the sort of swing back isn't going to be as severe. That's or, a really good Doesn't this also help you with things like martial artist? Because um, you push before damage I mean, is calculated. Uh, it's difficult. Oh. 
No. Because it doesn't Wait. have to do damage. No, before damage is dealt. So it's after it's calculated, but before it's dealt. Right, but you it don't have to actually do damage anymore, right? You just push for the wild, right? Yes, wild push, yeah. Yeah, so... Huh. Yeah, I, I just... So I think, though, overall, as a character, she's more in line, which is what we want, right? I, I think she's, like... Uh, I'd take her as, like, a middling a tier character and she's no longer like that low s yeah um and that's great i i don't actually know how much people are going to take her unaffiliated i'm curious what you guys think on that because i think voodoo now has made a place for himself um i think vision might even make a comeback now that like enchantress is finally like tamed a bit Mm -hmm. and then of course rogue is coming along you know, uh, do you guys think they're? Oh, I mean, Ancient One's good. I don't know that Ancient One's an unaffiliated pick, though. Uh, Venom in, in affiliation. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like like oh, there's a lot of in affiliation fours that like you might just go for now instead of like basically forcing Medusa. I mean, know? Ancient One's good if you don't have good access to Mystic Attacks in your affiliation. Ancient so One's just a, like a great character. I've been playing her. Yeah. And, my God, her spender is so good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's, is good. She's, a lot been, to like. she's been a great addition to my Defenders roster. I put her in like, uh, I think she's probably the best four threat, and oh, she's definitely the best four threat in Defenders. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close, right? Um, yeah. So what do you think about what I said on Medusa? Would you see her being pushed unaffiliated? I mean, A-Force is still going to run her. Obviously, yeah. she'll be played in Inhumans. Yeah. In, Dor- in Dormammu, I think uh, Rogue will take over. It just fits too easily. Yeah, I agree. I think that's better. In Web Warriors, I'll play Venom before I'll play Medusa. Yeah. So I think A Force, not A Force, but X Force would look at. Because remember, I, I played X Force real hard. It was Medusa had to be there, and now I think instead of that, like I think you can actually probably, especially when Colossus comes out, I'll have to see what happens. But I think it's going to end up being Wolverine, Sabretooth playing both of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. It depends on Colossus. That's all it depends on. I mean, I, <laughs> My default setting would be still just play Medusa, probably because the extra reroll what might help you get your flurry. Um, Maybe I mean that's that's a good point. That's two rerolls basically to so get your flurry. It seems good, um, and mm. yeah, extra attacks are still good. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Medusa already was a little shaky a pick within my Dormammu list. And uh, mm-hmm. it was really Royal Decree that like kind of makes makes or break it, you know. And then of course, just Medusa right now is a very very good character. But I think when you take away that extra attack stuff, she's just a good character. But then now I'm more concerned about synergies at that point. Where right now you just play Medusa because she's just like one of the best top two fourth threat, mm-hmm. you know. I think she might still have a good spot in uh, in Dark Dimension. Thinking about it because. Royal, yeah, that, that place on Dormammu is big. So that's a big distance, and you're getting your power model right where it needs to be. It is, but she sort of sacrifices her turn, and you probably can get Dormammu power enough to teleport anyway. Well, um, do you both can get wherever you want to be. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, it's not nothing, okay? But getting Rogue in on the action early on turn one, two, it feels just really strong as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see both sides, but I think it's not worth discounting her there. I think that's maybe the best. Also, 
are not affiliated now. We've all probably played enough Medusa, but she does have some weaknesses. She's she gets aced by throws pretty hard. Um, yeah, she has no rerolls. She just three physical and uh, rogue, pretty good into throws. The four mm-hmm. dice and indestructible. You know, yeah, the indestructible yeah. is um, real nice. Yeah. And we're gonna get into a hope world where throws are more of a concern. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah anyway okay. all right well i guess uh move on to how did your guys's uh weeks go for the league jacob uh so i had a tough matchup my win and in game was uh against christian aka h3m3 or no is that he me in leeds i don't know uh he was playing sam spam which is a tough matchup for my roster uh, and I went in with low expectations, uh, but then my dice decided to just be ridiculous. Uh, Hawkeye managed to, in a single activation, managed to daze Enchantress. Uh, first attack into five defense, second attack. So just uh, then second attack was Mystic, so it was, uh, I don't know, he's able to pay for to reduce it down. So I got really lucky in dazing her. Um, and then uh, I also managed to get Lizard as well. So I had a dazed Enchantress and Lizard at the top of one. Uh, I managed to then remove Enchantress before she got to activate at all in that entire game. So I'm playing Sam Spam, fourth threat down, which made it a fair game. Uh, so then it was a really tight game, and there were a couple of clutch points where it could have gone either way, and it depended on some dice rolls. I got uh, I got my share of good luck in that game, um, uh, and I managed to bring it home to make the cut. Uh, Sploosh did an amazing uh, like play-by-play in the in the Discord, which yeah, um, a, lot people, a lot of people enjoyed that, Sploosh. That was entertaining, and people seemed to enjoy it. I, I got to say, I missed the very beginning with your super spike, but um, from the part I joined in on, I think a lot of people listening agreed with me that it seemed spiky on both ends at the later part of the game. I mean, yeah. he, drew, he did some absurd things with like Iron Man, like, I, like I thought he like one shot or at least one activation took out some of your characters and well he used Helios Blazer for like fourteen dice and killed Hawkeye on his because he was incinerated and uh, his cover was taken away by the Helios Laser so he had yeah, one I think he, fourteen he did and, like a homing uh, rocket hit for like seven or something uh, uh, yeah yeah uh, that, that, it was very swingy it was like for a minute there characters were just going off the board well, left and right and there was this hay bale. This hay bale almost cost me the game because uh, we were playing on research station and placing the researcher. I wasn't, I didn't place it quite far enough, like half an inch to the left, and then my Modoc could have walked to kill Enchantress and uh, and been on in the researcher, and I would have started scoring that researcher way, way, way earlier because um, I scored it on round one and then didn't score it again until round five because he just kept throwing people in there. But then he kept throwing in bodies to to the grinder. Um, I think he thought uh, there was one rules thing as well that came up. He thought that a uh, we both had one healthy character, and he thought by moving his injured Black Widow in on it, he was going to claim it. And that's not how it works. If you've got injured, if you've got healthy characters, doesn't matter how many injured characters you've got. It's only the healthy characters that count. I just say also, I mean, Jacob, I think you're underselling how insane your game was. So you say it was a fair game. I mean, your game came down to like two dice physical madman roll to decide yeah. the whole game, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, and you nearly yeah. tabled him. I think he had like one character left at the end. Yeah. But it was 
literally like a one VP swing difference between you winning and losing. Yeah, we got because um, we got 16 16 at the end of round six, and then so the end of round seven, I managed to score all eight VPs on the board. Yeah, your, your opponent, yeah, and I'm sure if someone saw the score, it would be it would be misleading to uh, because yeah. you were down like how much, like something like five or six or something on the last turn like, or kind of last turn, you know, like. And then you had to do these crazy things. Um, and then at one point, like, I was 13 pounds. He took out your strange, which made the turn also insane, right? Because you had like three characters and he just like activated, I think, Iron Man and just took out Day Strange. And then, I mean, I was just listening, but from the sound of your voice, it sounded like you weren't as confident about winning after that happening. Um, and then you somehow. Yeah. I mean, off. I was. I was constantly going, man, what's my route to victory? What's the math route in terms of victory points that gets me to, to win this? And it kept changing. See, did, did some great plays. You know, field dressing is such a good card in Sam's I'm just bringing someone back and going, right, well, now they're going to do all this kind of crazy stuff. So um, that could be hard to predict exactly when they're going to play field dressing. Yeah, it's just nuts that you made them play four threat down and then it came down to like that yeah. two dice physical role, you know, well, I mean, inside the entire thing. It took, uh, you know, a Hawkeye activation and a Modoc activation to get that off the board. So Hawkeye did the healthy side of Modoc with like one attack and a size three throw. Did the injured side, hmm. uh, but he had to move to get into into range. Any, anyway, yeah, uh, he's a, he's a good player. Uh, to give him his credit, Christian, uh, he deserved to be up competing for for the cut. And uh, I can understand he might feel a little bit aggrieved that some of my dice might have helped swing it in my way because uh, i think that is a hard matchup and i think for me to win it it did need dice to help me out yeah we had talked about that really we're just like you yeah. gotta get lucky good good luck but then you know uh fortune favors the brold uh if i'd gone and played conservatively i think i pretty much auto lose that you need to put yourself in a position to be able to have dice go in your favor in matchups like that where you know it's you've got to rely on dice if you're not making aggressive plays then you're not going to win so, yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes you'll make those aggressive plays and the dice won't go your way and you lose, which is kind of what happened against Pat. Uh, I had, was in the exact same situation against Sam's Pam, and I was like, right, well, I've, I've just got to kill lots of stuff. And uh, my dice didn't go the way they needed to in that game. And I didn't win it. So, I don't know that we officially said it, but the entire podcast crew made cut. I mean, that's yeah. pretty great. Yep. Congratulations, guys. Round of applause. <laughs> um, I think the coolest thing about that is not only did the three of us make cuts, and Jacob and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the fact that each of us made cuts with a non-meta pick. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, sure. I, I just guess that's awesome. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess you can like say like, "What do you mean by that?" But it's like, what eighty <laughs> percent? How much? How, no. how much? How much is a, a Sam spam? Like. It's, it's pushing. It's pushing fifty, I think. Something, something like ten, ten. Like, I think it's about ten out of twenty-five well, like, qualified with Samsung. Like, Forty percent. It's like out of all three leagues, there was what like six foes players. Like there was like what three over in Europe, and then there was Chewy and myself in Central, and then Mark and West. Um, I don't know if there was any in Australia. Um, Spoosh, you were the only Dormammu player, as far as I know. And oh, then, I mean, pe there were random people playing Dormammu, and they just weren't winning as much. <laughs> yeah. Fair um, and uh, if you look at the stats, defenders are officially the worst affiliation. 
<laughs> Did they update the stats, by the way? Oh, no, I didn't. Like, from like round, sure. round four, round five, defenders had the lowest win percentage of any yeah. affiliate. So. I'm, listen, I'm not implying that it got better <laughs> since last week. I'm just, I love reading those stats and I, I'm really eager to see how things pan out with uh, round six being done. I'm sure uh, once you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you gave uh, Sam a loss, so maybe their win rate goes down a little. Um, I gave a WebWare's player a loss, and so maybe their win rate goes down a little. You know, those two were like the top dogs, right? So, yeah. I, mean, um, I think Wakanda was up there, but only because they'd been like three games. Right. Basically, one guy playing them and doing well. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, foes basically weren't a thing last season. Dormammu basically didn't exist last season, and defenders are kind of always around, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Pat made a couple reason, of last season, yeah. so defenders were there or thereabouts. Yeah, it's just this season's been tough on them for some reason. I, I still don't quite get it. I think a lot of people have talked about it. Um, I don't know. There's You've got to know when to play. There's kind of two modes for defenders. You can play them the... Uh, get up on extracts and turtle into fort defender mode, and you can play them in the I'm going to lob some grenades through a portal and then see how much of them explode. And knowing which mode to employ does take a little bit of practice and experience. So uh, it may be that some people weren't quite sure which way to fall on that, and maybe some people went kind of down the middle. I remember watching um, one of Pat's games after the cut last season, and I think he picked the wrong one, in, in my opinion, in that game. He went, I'm going to go through Portland, grab some spider infected, and like try and run away. And I was like, no, you need to go through the portal and blow stuff up, is what you should be doing. But um, he, he lost that game. Um, so I think it, they can be difficult to know, because you've got so many good plans, it can be difficult to judge which plan it is you should be using. Yeah, apparently very difficult with like a 25% win rate. Um, <laughs> since, well, if you, get since, wrong, uh, if you get it wrong it's really catastrophic they've got very narrow margins i mean i'd like to discuss today since you know our list will be released to the public um what are you changing um why uh you know maybe you want to keep some secrets but you know the basics no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm good uh what am i changing i'm bringing back scarlet witch uh i took her out mid-season change uh because i wasn't playing her and then I very quickly sat down and went, right, against Pat, what do I do at 16? What do I do at 15? I'd really like to have an affiliated five beat stick. Ah, right. Maybe I should bring that back. Uh, so I have brought her back to give me more options and different build combinations. And so I dropped out Ghost Spider, who was largely in there for Black Order. And uh, we'll see. But I'm not expecting Black Order to feature that heavily in the top cut. Um, I brought in Sacrifice. I'm keeping Sacrifice. I'm getting rid of um, Climbing Gear because Climbing Gear was a card I was going to bring in against like a push-heavy Wakanda-style list maybe to get back onto points. Um, and I never played it, and there's not a lot of Wakanda at the minute doing the rounds. So uh, I've taken that out, and in place I have brought in Grievous Wounds to try and nix Field Dressing, which is so often my bane. So. Yeah, so it's it's nearly exactly the same roster. Um, oh, did I talk about Angela? Mm, no, I didn't. Really. Uh, okay, so I was chatting to Dizzard, and he was like, um, "How can I improve? How, have you thought about bringing in Angela to improve your Sam Spam matchup?" And I thought about that. I've been thinking about that a lot today, uh, and 
I think it's got a lot of advantages, particularly because I'm playing Montessi Formula and Spider Infected. So I can have someone go through the portal and grab a far one, or you know, Angela through a portal can Montessi can get the far Montessi and run back, which is hilarious. Uh, so there was some some cute plays on that, uh, but I felt I didn't have the experience. Uh, so that would be dropping out Modoc for Angela as my affiliated unaffiliated five beta. And I can see that might be cute and might work, but I thought, play what I know. I haven't got the experience. I haven't got the reps of that game. I don't know. I know exactly when to drop Modoc and when not to drop Modoc. Um, and I think Angela might help out on certain shapes, like a D shape. Modoc's maybe less good. Uh, although jumping into the middle on a D shape and just being able to fire everywhere, that's quite good fun. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's just an inexperience. I didn't want to chance my arm on something I wasn't as familiar with. I'd rather play something I knew and was certain of how to play it rather than play something that I think is good, but I haven't practiced. Makes sense. Kind of a tangent, um, but but I just want to mention the fact that I think there's almost 100% chance there's no Wakanda or Black Order in cut out of, would you say, like 24, 25 uh, I'm I'm 100% certain there will be a Black Order. I know Cookie's been toying with it or whatever, but I think he's trolling. Cookie's such a troll. Well, uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. He might pull some crazy audible, but uh, even still, that would be one player. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's quite a difference from last season. I mean, it's amazing how much of yeah. it can change. Well, um, mm, yeah. It's interesting, and uh, uh, it's been changing a lot today. I've been tracking the order to try and figure out who who's going to be paired against who, uh, and that's been changing a lot over the course of twenty four hours. As more results come in, and that changes strength of schedule, and you know the final winning in game got done. Uh, so it, it's been changing a lot, but it looks like everyone who got a buy, apart from one player, qualified with Sam Spam. So the top six, because we had one person drop out from uh, Europe, uh, top six all were playing Sam Spam to qualify. And the seventh player, I think I've heard rumor, rumors around that they might be switching to Sam Spam as well. So it may be that all the people who've got the buy into the top 16 are going to be playing Sam Spam. I mean, maybe uh, you know, maybe Pat completely changes his roster. He's been known to do that. Oh, all, I'm done with it. He will not. Else. No. I've talked to Pat. He's never felt more experienced and ready. He's going to run Sam Spam. That'll be hard to beat. Speaking yeah. from experience. <laughs> Literally so, experience. Tell us about your game. Uh, geez, it was so long ago. I played like right in the top of the week. Um, playing against Web Warriors. Uh, it was, well, let's see. We did Meteors. I won Prios. That was huge. I got Meteors, which I know... Uh, web warriors hate spending power on things and then they took research um and i don't know man uh hood like went crazy it was like my first official game with hood in dormammu and i mean i don't know what to say the guy was just going crazy hood was just incredibly fun to play he was, he, I was, he was rolling hot um those six dice charges are great uh, visibility cloak in Dormammu seems fine because he just seems to have extra power and you kind of want to burn power with hood uh you know so you don't die to Dormammu's leadership um yep you know uh with using a card follow me at one point because he had all, all that extra power he was able to activate valkyrie and have her do stuff um 
but uh, <laughs> I ended up winning. It was cool. Uh, my opponent was never played against Dormammu before, and he made one critical error that isn't the first time this has happened in the league, uh, where people attack him forgetting he has the push ability. So what goes from like contesting researcher is me winning researcher, mm-hmm. um, which you know is a, a mistake. But then also me pushing him, I pushed uh, his miles closer to Hood. <laughs> who then charged and killed him and then teleported and captured a middle point and basically locked in the game for me. Um, so, yeah, like, oh, my gosh. Like, Hood basically won, like, a 1v3. Uh, it was, like, Lizard, Okoye, and uh, Moon Knight. And Moon Knight is scary for Hood, I will say, just the way, like, rapid fire works into his invulnerability and stuff like that. Yeah. And And it's hard to pay for Invisible Cloak when someone's rapid firing you. Um, however, I just literally, I took him out with like one big laser, uh, you know, the arc lightning just erased Moon Knight from the table. And I was actually a little upset about it because if, if he lived at like one, I could have ricocheted like two arc lightnings for two into a Koye lizard, but whatever, you know, when you, when you kill a character with one attack, you take it. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, but then, so <laughs> Earlier in the season, I, I Modok like straight up what just like won me a game, and then I cut him mid season. And Hood, I mean, I don't think Hood won me the game himself, but he definitely overperformed. And I, I'm gonna probably cut him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is this is how you know you don't have attachments to your characters. You know, uh, you got to make the hard decisions. So I'm really sad because I had so much fun playing Hood, and I think Hood's like just such a cool character, uh, but he's not going to fit. Um, I'm happy to have beat a web warrior player. So to take their win rate down, because everyone's like trying to proclaim web warriors is like the greatest thing ever, which I don't know how that's, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't find myself losing to web warriors too often. So I'm not sure what, how they're managing such a high win rate as of last week, but um, you know, I'm su- I'm just super thrilled. As I said last week, I'm super thrilled to get Dormammu into the cut, and I really am excited to play him more and hopefully don't fizzle out quickly uh, because I just w- wanted to prove Dormammu's uh, competitive. So I'm 5-0 and with Dormammu and 0-1 and with Unaffiliated right now, and I'm going to make some big changes. I added Convocation into my roster uh, mid-cut to hopefully – repair my matchups into web warriors and uh sam spam at lower mm-hmm. threat values yeah. uh, i will say uh, i didn't actually end up playing wizards once in the last three games um but i was prepared for it and i was confident in it um and i did a lot of like mental sort of dojo of like in my last match for example i was like oh if i play web warriors in the mirror what am i going to do and i felt pretty good about it um However, I'm going to cut Convocation. I think if I had 10 Taxis cards, it would be hard, a harder choice because unfortunately Convocation basically makes you play with seven Taxis cards due to their leadership. Yeah. And I, I had taken a Magic, uh, Ancient One, and Voodoo, and they felt great. Um, magic is cool. I, I got to say, so one of the reasons I cut them is I, I had to beat a Convocation player to get in cut, and I was sweating like a Convocation mirror. It just seems like not pleasant because they all have these crazy, you know, mystic defenses. And it just felt like it would make a dice game even more dicey. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm going to switch to web warriors. Um, major reason is all webbed up, just one card, easy, done, you know. Um, 
and I have I enjoy playing web warriors first of all, but um, I think they can work with. I, I am gonna keep playing Doom Prophecy, and I'm sure most people will be like, "What Doom Prophecy with web warriors? Uh, that's kind of weird." But and it is kind of weird. But uh, you know, web warriors Venom, have. Um, Venom's yeah, a great title. Well, I'm not gonna bring Venom, but I have Moon Knight, <laughs> and I can still and I can still bring Valken Zemo into those threat values. Yeah. Know? Uh, and I have played some practice games. These, none of these things are like these random shower thoughts. Like I've actually played games, you know, into this stuff. So, you know, see if it works, you know. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I've been impressed with Moon Knight and then running like uh, Valkyrie or Zemo. Um, you know, Zemo gets to reroll skulls in Web Warriors, which is always a good time. Uh, you know, or uh, Valkyrie can use Warrior Legend uh, to like change a skull with uh you know what as long as she's you know contesting or whatever so yeah. i mean i don't know it it's, feels good to me to play um i'm less nervous now in playing into like wizards um i actually found doom prophecy very playable with wizards by the way because you could do doom prophecy plays with like baron zemo and then use the book so when they attacked you physical you change it to mystic and i find that very entertaining uh, yeah and then your Doom Prophecy character lives for another turn. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you have Prior or whatever and you can use them again. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's even, I mean, you don't have that cool play with WebWares, unfortunately, but you just kind of hope that you get the value you need and you got to be a little more careful with the timing. Where with Wizards, I actually could just kind of Doom Prophecy and combo it with books and not really care too much about timing. Um, with WebWares, I have to think about it more. But yeah, uh, and then I had extra tactics cards. I, I brought um, Bitter Rivals, Blind Obsession back in. Um, I have uh, added Enchantress back in, which I, for a while there I didn't need. I had to make room for like Voodoo and stuff. And I think one of the reasons I was able to save an extra slot in my roster is because I think Miles is going to be very strong with Dormammu. Uh, I wanted to play Quicksilver with Dormammu because with R&D, you can do some really obscene things with Quicksilver. Um, mm -hmm. the, probably the most ridiculous one is uh, you can double long up the middle of the board, steal someone's hammer, and then long move away. Uh, so, I mean, nobody ever expects the home hammer steal, you know? Yep. Uh, and if you put Quicksilver uh, middle of the table, he can literally grab every hammer on the table, or he can grab every cube on the table, every citizen on the table. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm a little sad to not play Quicksilver. Just there is no room. Miles is kind of like um, like a compromise. Miles can't do ridiculous Quicksilver plays, but uh if he's getting two power per turn venom blast is online on turn two so it's almost like a enchantress play and uh you know um dormammu giving miles power lets him jump like all over the place and he's defensive he's, he seems like a solid pick to me and it give, I, I think dormammu has to play like a weird like mix of killing and like objective sort of extract play um also uh is going to be bringing like scroll and alien ships I, I would almost guarantee anyone playing dormammu is probably going to do stuff like that so having a character who can like counteract someone luckily getting a scroll i think is huge you know so um yeah. i feel really good about that just more synergies in the list uh the other thing um because 
So when I had Wizards, I didn't feel comfortable playing Mutant Madman because like their physical is atrocious. Um, <laughs> so now that I've WebWares, I brought Mutant Madman back in, um, and then I had to decide on a third. I forget. I th- I took portals out, spider portals. I am gonna add Extremis in in there. Um, Extremis for me seems good for both WebWare and Dormammu. Having extra power, because Dormammu gave you extra power, it seems good for healing. And then also, uh, WebWare is like the D shape for biting out the board, and you have characters that are durable, because they have rerolls. Uh, and then, you know, fast-moving characters like uh, Gwen. So the ability to, like, maybe even heal, like, twice on a, on a turn just by interacting seems pretty good to me. And it actually gives me a little defense as well against cubes, a lot of people feel cubes is like good into Dormammu and pretty good into Web Warriors. So having uh, that extra power being turned into health seems like a good play. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I did add scrolls too because I had uh, Montessi before. But I think even though Montessi's fine, I just kind of want to double down on the like the not letting people have extract, slow the game down kind of mentality. And because I have Miles, I feel comfortable doing that. So. That's pretty much all the changes there. I had a blind obsession. I think I mentioned that, but yeah, yeah. Um, blind obsession feels better as well, especially with a character like uh, Moon Knight. Very happy to be playing Moon Knight. I'm not playing Black Cat. I, I didn't say that, but I having Moon Knight in there. Um, I mean, Dizzard and I, we fell in love with Moon Knight back in like July, and it feels great to be able to bring Moon Knight in and tears he in my play- eyes. Yeah, he plays the style like so. I will say, like, if I was playing like only Web Warriors or I wasn't playing like sort of like these Doom Prophecy type strat, uh, I would probably be a little less excited about Moon Knight. But since I'm already playing in a kind of aggressive style, there's no reason not to keep leaning into it, you know. So having the option to potentially Doom Prophecy Moon Knight and then the next turn use Blind Obsession to then like kill off someone uh, that sounds like a great plan to me. So um yeah i i think moon knight's gonna be great mm. okay right. it what about you how was your game uh i don't know where to begin with this game like should we start at the beginning of last week when we first found out what the matchups were <laughs> i think let's start with what actually happened and i'd like to circle back to the testing that we did all right um so i played against travis uh playing travis foss playing criminal syndicate um really well played game on his part he did an amazing job um i ended up winning by i think it was 19 to 14 something like that um and it started out with him getting secures and prio uh gamma cubes at 15 and but he took gamma obviously right because he took gamma yeah yeah he took gamma and then um Basically went up and he was pretty much all stacked up on his home point and vision beamed everybody to death. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to all you got here because I need a leg up here. And vision basically all but dazed every character except for one. And then my next activation was Carnage finished the job. Uh, so I was able to score almost all the points. Um, his home point was fine because he had body blocked everything. So there was no way I was making it to his home point to score all 11 if i had scored all 11 um it would have been really kind of interesting um then round three he kicked back and swung back hard evened it back up and then round four carnage just ate everybody and it was game over um 
I will say uh, there is a recording on like a YouTube. You just look up Dizzard and it's there. Uh, well, so if you watch it, uh, Spooch pointed to me this out after the fact, but I will own up to my mistake of playing Vision's power game completely wrong. Of uh, I played it as he nuts power for damage dealt, not for one. But if you go and you look at the game, like it wouldn't have impacted anything. He threw, like all he did was throw and beam, and he would have definitely had the power when he did those things. He did all you got, but after doing five attacks already. So I will say, yes, I made a mistake, but it doesn't change the outcome of the game whatsoever. And Travis says, no, this I've talked to Travis about it because I wanted to be open about my mistake. And Travis was like, hey, man, it, like it's it's cool. Like, it wouldn't have changed anything. So everybody understands. If you watch it, yes, we understand. I, I messed up a little bit, but there's no change to the outcome. just want to disclaimer that. But yeah, it was a really good game. Uh, Travis played wonderfully. Great opponent to have. If you see him and he's looking for a game, I recommend playing against him. He's a good chap. So yeah, am I right? You told me that Vision made 15 attacks in one turn. I think it was more like 13 because I dazed one or two before it got to that. But yes, he had the possibility for 15 attacks because he was able to line up everybody under his beam. So it's worth noting that Wizard had to move to make this happen, uh, yeah. but his opponent still did, like, had way too clustered his characters in the middle. You don't need, what, four characters contesting your home point when one would have probably been fine. <laughs> Um, and then probably he could have spread out everything. I just don't think he saw the like move up, beam the world play because usually it's more like a fight over center, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it was a ballsy play by Bizzard to just, I think it was the right play for sure, but it was a ballsy play to just say, screw it, uh, turn, what was it, turn two, all you've got? Yeah, it was top of turn two, vision goes up, beams, realize, hey, I did, I did. Real, I did real bad on that first beam too. Like I think I did most on anybody to damage, but I was like, I should be able to get something here. Um, so then I all you got it, and I was like, I like you can if you watch the video, you can even hear me thinking about. It. I'm like, do I do it? Do I not? Like I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then I just ended up saying, you know, screw it, I'm just gonna go for it. And absolutely, just straight up YOLO play. And I I will attribute like me winning that game is probably because of Vision destroying the world round one. Because or round two. Because it, it completely nullifies Syndicate's leadership because everybody's on their mm -hmm. injured side at this point. Um so he's not able to just stack one person on my home point and he takes it. Um so me getting rid of Syndicate's leadership that early in the game was huge as well as just dealing that much damage because now I have Carnage not even doing prophecy and able to hold that for when I want to eat the world next time. So there was a ruling issue with cubes and uh, trying to use yeah. all according to plan. I don't know if you want to explain the timing on that. So uh, at the very end of the game, um, it came down to Ken Travis all according to plan. And this is the same thing if you're playing X-Force. Um, oh, no, what is it, it called? Wasn't it beginning of four? Because it was basically him trying to counter your spec yeah, yeah. swing. Yeah, it was the end of the game because uh, round four was the end. Uh, so beginning around four, and I'm trying. I was trying to say uh, when I was playing X Force is how I knew about this from beforehand. Uh, what is the pretty sneaky sis? Uh, because that's played in the power phase, and if you're playing cubes or if you're playing Infinity Formula, anything that nets you power, uh, the timing sequence would go um, your power phase, player effects, and then crisis effects. So you have to play crisis cards before the crisis effects give you that power which is what ended up making him not be able to play all according to plan, which is a 
big thing of what happened with the game. Uh, him playing all according to plan, things changed drastically. I'm not able to pop off with Carnage and kill everybody. Um, just, to be, just to be really clear, Desert, so he gained his power from the power phase beginning, but he yes. didn't have enough power then to play it without the cube power, which would happen later. Yeah, he yeah. was not. He was at nine power, nine out of ten. Oh, so was, it, was it nine? Yeah. I thought it was eight. Yeah, no, no, it was nine. He oh, he had gosh. what? I think it was like four on Mysterio, three on Taskmaster, oh, and then one on Kingpin. It was something like that. Like I know it was nine though. Um, and then like I, to be fair, uh, before that happened, I had actually completely accounted for him having all according to plan for the next round. So I was already planning my out of what I was going to do. And it's basically going to be dock, grab cubes, and run away. Because um, <laughs> these characters are so slow, they're not going to catch me. Because he had Kingpin and Mysterio. Uh, the person who might be able to do something is Taskmaster might be able to throw one shield. But the likelihood of knocking me. Because I only needed two points at that point, I think. No, I need four still. I still needed four. Um, but I had to like plan it out of my head where I'd be able to hopefully score the four points. As long as like, he doesn't just wipe my whole entire team with one character um which i don't think he was able to do at that point uh but still who knows it's a dice game it, it could have happened uh yeah, but yeah him having nine, him having nine power really made it um a kind of a feels bad moment and i was just like oh well uh carnage is going to it took me a minute and i feel terrible for this because i'm like oh i wish i could pull kingpin i wish i could pull kingpin because i had carnage rules up and then i'm like oh yeah this is advanced not push so then pull Kingpin and do maximum carnage on the rest of his team and carnage eats the world and it's completely tabled of uh criminal syndicate at the top of four Man. yeah um so yes jacob actually tabled syndicate um and it's all most of the game yeah yeah um so now um what is it um travis had made a misplay because he you, well, kind of two misplays. Uh, one was turn three end. He oh, was it uh, Doc? Was it two or is it Green Goblin? Yeah. Green Goblin was it two health remaining? Yeah, it was, it was Goblin. It was Goblin. And he had uh, done one damage with Mysterio, used the movement to then uh, do a tricks and traps. Is is that what it's called? Or the yeah, he did, he did yeah. tricks and traps, and that ultimately made him not be able to do all according to plan. Yeah, because it will because that cost him at least two power, um, well at least one. But um, also, what, what he, the, even the logic of doing it was kind of weird because if he had just left you at the one, you would have uh, that character would have phased in the power phase anyway, because yeah. he has one remaining and was holding a Q. So it's kind of like a double whammy of like, oops, you can't all according to plan, and oops, like you probably didn't even need to do that since the character was well, just dazed. I mean, and then to be fair, I mean. Bio. We saw well, this a couple times on, in our practice games. You not being dazed in the power phase meant you could mm -hmm. use um, well-laid plans that turn. Yeah, which almost did nothing for me. Like <laughs> it, it, it almost did, did absolutely. It, it dropped. Yeah. It dropped a couple cubes, and yeah, it had a couple damage. Which I think almost every single one of Carnage hits on Maximum Carnage was like to the damage that was needed. Like I don't think there was one that was overkill. I'm pretty sure it was like to the damage. Yeah, it's just it's just like a tough thing. Um, yeah. To, to to now, obviously, I'm sure Travis was doing the math. He counted in cube power, which yeah. that's just like a tough time to to realize a, a timing window like that. Um, which is why we're talking about it now because either your op opponent might do it wrong to you, or you might do it wrong to your opponent, and you know we don't want that happening. 
This is for any tactics card that gets paid for during the power phase. It's Doom Prophecy. You can't pay for Doom Prophecy after cube damage. With, it has to be before. Cube. Yeah. Uh, um, hmm. What's the timing on uh, Dormammu's plus power? Well, that's a player effect, so that happens in whatever order you want oh, to. Oh, okay. So there it's player effects, and crisis effects. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. So now, Blizzard. I guess we can move on to the next part of this. Is that we did play a lot of practice games before your game, yeah. and I know um, Travis said he played some too as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was fun. Uh. Like I, I played Syndicate back in the was team it? event. Was it Jacob. fun? <laughs> well, it was fun, thing. it was fun for me. Um, this is like basically uh, I like Syndicate. They're on my like bucket list of like favorite teams or whatever. And I played mm -hmm. Syndicate in the team tournament with Jacob, and I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I know some people can look at Syndicate to be boring, but I don't know why. I think they hit some things for me. I like bad guys, and they kind of feel like like a little bit like a chess game sort of thing, and all that you know they're not flashy but uh anyway we just... blue shows you constantly complaining about them what do you mean <laughs> oh losing to them no just oh man ah why are they ah just you were constantly like going ah these guys are driving me nuts oh well it's stressful to play them because if you die then like it's bad <laughs> you know <laughs> and yeah. when your that's opponent that's, spikes you, you affiliation True, but like syndicates very sensitive to that like early spike because then it's like their leadership yeah. kind of depends heavily on not being dead. So you know, um, once you're flipped, you kind of lose the whole point of playing them. Yeah. Um, Real quick though, I just uh, I want to correct myself. I said Doom Prophecy. Doom Prophecy is played at the activation phase, so you can actually use cubes to pay for Doomed. Yeah, you're right. Good, good check. And Blind Obsession is activation phase, so yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess it doesn't come up that often. Uh, so what we did when we when I played Desert is I was like, well, let's try best case. Well, first of all, I made fun of you for not taking Enchantress in R&D. Um, but once we got over that, uh, I'm like, well, uh, oh, let's oh, play games a, with you having Pryo. I think that's a very good point. Um, I made it to cuts without Enchantress or Medusa. Hey. Not and I didn't play a Koya either. <laughs> Well, you had her in your list, right? No, well, sure, but she never got on the table. <laughs> that's, okay. that's, that's, that doesn't even mean count. anything. Doesn't count. Um, anyway, uh, no, Blizzard should be playing Enchantress, and I'm sure he's adding her to his new roster, um, or he's a fool. Uh, and then R&D was a problem because we're like, oh, you can do this in R&D and pull a character, and you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't have R&D. Nope. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, uh, we, you, I mean, you and I ran like three actual games, and probably like I don't know, like four more run-throughs of just like talking through it, and like every single time we gave Syndicate extracts, I lost. Like every single time, there was not one situation where we gave me ex, uh, we gave him extracts where I actually had an edge. Yeah. So legacy virus and researcher. Uh... Mm -hmm. It was like impossible for Dizzard to win on those. Funny, like, because Researcher, there's just no way well laid plans does anything. <laughs> so that's yeah. a problem. And then obviously, like, what I've found with Researcher, and I've heard people say they hate Researcher and it's bad for the game, and I was more skeptical about that opinion. However, I have noticed just from playing lots and lots of games that Researcher kind of just takes over whatever's happening in the game, right? 
Yeah. I mean, even your game, Jacob, was on Researcher. And even though I was yeah. just listening, it, it felt to me like Researcher was like dominating all the decisions. For and sure. Yeah. There's a big fight Mad in the middle. Men, yeah. yeah. Mutant Mad Men was kind of like a side gig, you know? Um, and so, like. There were, there were two you... turns where he scored four to zero and he scored all four of the Mutant Mad Men and contested the Researcher, which was good. You know, so he's got eight VPs up on me. We were tied 5 5 and then he went up to 13 5. So. Put him in a strong position. Yeah, for sure. It's very hair raising to listen to. And uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like researcher just sort of dominates the game. So even though you're a syndicate and you get extracts, if you get researcher, it's just like, oh, I just have like the superior secure secure anyway. Um because it's so just it's four potential VPs once you you know score it twice. So mm-hmm. It's just very powerful and it's two for you and none for them kind of thing, you know? So even if they're yeah. scoring some other actual secures, it just sort of evens out what, what you got. Well, a, a lot of, a lot of affiliations want to win in turn four. So they want to score four VPs a turn to win in turn four. Uh, and if you're not scoring anything on extract, scoring four on secures is very hard every round. Yeah. So originally I told Dizzard when he played, when, if he gets extracts, you, you have to dice him because similar to like you were saying, Jacob, about defenders against Sam Spain, you kind of have to get a little dice lucky. Um, but we found even when Blizzard was getting lucky on dice, I was still winning. Oh, there was um, now, one now, game. Now, there was one yeah. game where I one shot, basically one shot a Modoc, wasn't it? Like I got him to like five health. Like and the then trap did eight. five and then you hit yeah. me for five and I gained no power. And, the, and I still <laughs> lost that one. Yeah. And well, and you're... The game with Carnage, he was like hitting over average and getting in like huge hits um, when we were playing the researcher game. And Dizzy was still losing. And a lot, the researcher thing, honestly, I think is because he just didn't have Enchantress. Like, lack of Enchantress is a problem when you play Syndicate on like research. Um, yeah. But before I get into Virus, um, you played some practice games when you had one priority, and the, or I guess however you want to word priority, basically, um, the syndicate player had secures well, and not extract. I guess. I guess. In well, I guess we'll start step back. Like after like that happened, um, I was like going over in my head, and I was like, I think the play is to just give him secures. Um, like, yeah. Let me just like, and then we're going through it in my head, and I started looking at his list, and I was like, he can't play Enchantress at fifteen. I was like, I think my most ideal scenario is gonna be Gamma Cubes at fifteen, and yeah. Um, and at the time, I thought you were a raving madman. Because <laughs> who does that, right? Like, secures for a syndicate seems like a mistake, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just sort of common knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's but, received wisdom, but that's not yeah. always true. Right. But funny enough, that's what happened. He ended up playing 15 threat, and his opponent won prio and chose secures. And he ended up winning. Now you still had to get a little dice lucky, but honestly, I don't think your dice were that lucky that game. I oh no, I you I, had I, a lot of like two two out of fives, one out of five yeah. rolls in that game. I would um, say that there was there was times like like and I I tell people this all the time. Like uh, when people look at again, they can go watch the video if you want to see like the play by play. But I would say I had average dice i don't include carnage's doom prophecy turn because that's just you're gonna have a dice turn when it comes to that so i really don't include carnage's doom prophecy turn as being a dicey turn as far as like spikes um i don't include that i would say like over that game i had average at best like just above average dice 
Um, because I was first I, assumed attack was bad. Wasn't yeah, that like no, I, I whiffed. No, I could have sworn. My, I think my first one did zero damage. Well, I'm not even uh, saying damage. I'm saying I think you got like four yeah, hits. Yeah, no, you because I I Carnage rules uh, Kingpin. I did zero damage to him, and I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like I need <laughs> to get power yeah. off of this. Um, right. and and then I ended up being able to get it going, and then he ended up beating everybody. Uh, <laughs> but no, like it's it's just what it is. Like. I'd say average dice, and I would say Travis the same thing. Travis had average dice. He had some spikes. He had more spikes than I did, in my opinion. But he actually average... had a lot of defensive spikes. I'm thinking. Yeah, I, that's I just remember like in my a opinion. couple turns. Like, yeah. Like I'm rolling yeah, I'm, physical listen, into physical, so. I'm not trying to make a point that like he's lucky and you're not lucky or something. I'm just saying that when we were testing, I felt you yeah. needed to get lucky to beat him, and it was interesting that when you won, you didn't need to get lucky. Um, which was because you got what you wanted which weirdly enough was syndicate getting secures yeah which <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny to say and like i i haven't talked to travis about this so if he hears this like this is kind of like the whole where we came around to like I, if you go back and you listen to the video you can really like actually hear the surprise in my voice because i was like 100 percent certain that he had it set up to where it was a trap to give him to give him extracts uh, because of what we had found with his extract play. Um, I was like, it's a trap. Like, I cannot give him extracts. And, um, like, I, I just, I was like, I have to get priority to give him secures. And then, like, you, if you go back and watch the video, he's just like, I'll take secures. And I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I heard and it. Then, uh, and then, like, he, he picks uh, Gamma, and then he picks 15. And I was just like, oh, like, this is <laughs> okay. <laughs> like uh i had had some real high ups going into it at that point um i will say like out of the whole entire league this is probably the biggest game that i was stressing the entire league um like I, even before the matchup well, happened i was like I, i'll take anybody i'll take anybody except for travis with syndicate like this is like my worst matchup right now dude um, even the listeners were saying oh no dizzard got syndicate because yeah. we had comments <laughs> yeah i said that, that last that week like didn't the, i yeah yes you yeah. did it was like literally the one opponent you're like oh i don't want that yeah um but so i want to well first of all, so you did play practice games with um you having secures and you won yeah right so, uh every single practice game that i ran with me having secures i i won it was close like don't get me wrong like every single time i played it it was really close and tight and i like i had to have certain things go my way which is like kind of of foes theme in my opinion things have to go your way because you're gonna have a turn like when you're playing foes and Carnage is doing prophecy turn you're gonna whiff one of your dice and this is it's gonna be it's gonna turn against you like like a doom prophecy carnage turn is not like you almost need that to go off in order to win in most times um so if that doesn't happen it's not like it's not good um it's kind of it's fun you're living on the edge of your seat when you're playing foes it's a great time <laughs> um so um yeah you want to get into virus oh Legacy i mean virus. you're the one that you're the one that found it like we were so, practicing well, <laughs> so i what in the very first game i was like okay i want to give dizzard like best case scenario so i was like he discards re i actually this actually happened too i discarded research randomly when i hit the button and then i was like oh well obviously he'd play virus next and then I built like what looked to me like the most obvious virus team, which mm -hmm. was uh, was it Kingpin, 
Black Cat, Angela. Uh, no, you didn't Koye. play Sam in that game, I don't think, did you? No, no. Modok, Modok was the third. So yeah, Modok. Modok, Cat, Kingpin, Angela, uh, Okoye. And the, the idea is um, I'd have Angela run up and grab. It, you made it hard on me because you used the traps, the sinister traps. Yeah. So I, she had to just eat it. Cat um, goes for like opposite side, the one that you would try to grab. And then I just sent like Kingpin up the middle and just tank damage and grab middle one. Um, and I think the way it went is you had Pryo, but you grabbed the one opposite Cat so that I wouldn't use Cat right away. And then I just went and grabbed the one that Kingpin grabbed, and then Angela grabbed hers because you didn't want to run into your own traps. And uh, yeah, so basically, long story short, is I realized like in the middle of that game, like by like turn two, I was like, wait, this I can actually score all the virus on like beginning of turn three, like very easily. Um, with basically, you have uh, Angela bring the virus to like like for in that game would be kingpin and then have black cat get like r&d steal the thing away and then run away uh and then you try you get hit from just the game and then you use all according to plan uh and then basically just have cat run over give her thing to the person that was holding the two and the game instantly ends and I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But I thought, like, oh, that's not, like, reliable or that good. And then we played another game where I literally pulled off, like, on turn two, I had 15 VPs. And then, like, all I had to do was score one on that turn, and the game ended. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is actually ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> because I did, like, a huge team-wide R&D so that, um, like, in, in the second game, I had Lizard grab the middle one. And then I had, you had dropped one, or I, I, I think I dropped it because you couldn't pick it up. You put it, like, in the corner. So I had Cat go pick it up and then move kind of, like, sort of middle-ish. Uh, but not, not that far middle. She was still kind of technically in the corner. And then opposite of the other virus on the complete opposite side of the board. And uh, mm -hmm. I'd set it up so that Lizard could, with R&D, have two power top of two, hand his over to Cat. Uh, have cat double move run to the opposite side then had mysterio uh take one with a uh all you've got into like uh steal move hand it over to cat instant eight vps and i was like okay this is actually like absurdly consistent <laughs> like this is yeah this is stupid um and it i it was really fun to play because i i know everyone thinks syndicate is this like only score secure kind of team but like the fact that they have that like range three pay two power hand off to other people i mean that's literally like turn two like a one power character is handing off stuff you know mm -hmm. um and i'm not even saying i'm like an expert we just played a couple games and then we ended up not wanting to practice that anymore so we changed it up to other things but those two games were so incredibly fun to play for me um and it was like a nightmare for you and the yeah. fact that you can just steal priority with all according to plan also was just like the icing on the cake you know because obviously like someone steals something from you you're like oh well i'll just kill him when i have a chance but nope. you do you're doing like a last first where it's like steal last and then go first so there's no like there's no like counterplay to that as long as you have enough power which you know modok has power and 
Kingpin gets attacked, which gets you power. Uh, Mysterio actually freakishly gains power very easily as well um, due to the blanks thing. So, yeah, that's... Does it make you think if you were building a criminal syndicate roster, you'd have virus and maybe, I don't know, Wakons and Herb and do something crazy with the Herb? No, I think researchers too good for them just right now. Now, with like, with Enchantress being nerfed or something, that might even be a buff to syndicate uh, on researcher. Well, it's like when we were doing our practice games, it basically came down to like, if I had Enchantress, then I have a chance to stop this. Without Enchantress or some some bow mechanic, I don't have any way to stop this. But um, yeah. in the new world of random crisis selection, having three crises that you've got really good plans on feels pretty strong. True. You're right. Now, it gets worse because you need a third objective, right? So yeah. maybe Herbs is that la- that that other mm-hmm. one. I, I don't know the threat values to get 15 down correctly. Um, mm. I'm not sure. You know, that herbs seems like the worst choice, but like that's not because herbs is bad, it's because the others are so good. Sure. I think a lot of teams are gonna find that though. They're gonna have these are the two I really like, and here's one which is fine. And for a lot of people, that one which is fine is gonna be hammers. Yeah. Yeah, it might be safer for them to honestly just play hammers. Because if you have if you sell a black cat doing black cat things, it seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say real quick uh, again, like one, Travis played a great game. Like it was a really good game overall. Um, and just a big shout out to him for uh, it was again, it's a great game. I already know what else to say about that. A great opponent, love playing him. Um, I guess going into what I w- I'm changing going into cuts is I am finally ridden my burden of Gene because I made it to cuts with Gene on my <laughs> roster. Um, oh my god. Yeah, so and when finally, you played her in the test games, you got massacred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jean's good here against Enchantress. Oh, she, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was funny. We're like, oh, maybe if you bring in Jean to counter Enchantress. And Enchantress just kept, like, like bowing over and over until Jean yeah. was dry of power. power. <laughs> yeah. it was, it's good in theory, but, I mean, like, future MCP, sure, maybe. But not right now. Um, not now. But yeah, so dropping Gene, picking up ASM. Uh, it's kind of like what we talked about during the Spider Foes episode. Like ASM is amazing in Spider Foes and playing hammers, you get that play going. Um, two, I am dropping Researcher for hammers. Uh, three, I am dropping what I had before. I had uh, Infinity Formula. I remember my Secures before. I never played Secures really. Uh, but I'm picking up the new um, Convocation, one well, that came in an Ancient Ones box, the three wide portals that teleport you, and they do a damage to you if you roll, or if you get placed. Um, I think yeah, that I that scenario, you and I played it one time, and I after that game, the um, after, it's like seals, yeah, intrusion seals, break, or something like that. Um, yeah. Spoosh and I played it one time, and I was like, this is really good for foes. Uh, one, because they really don't care to use a teleport, and when they do do the teleport, it's because they're going to go kill someone. Um, two, if your opponent wants to use the teleport um, to try and catch up in one way or another, they have to drop their extracts. So it's more scenario control for foes, um, which now I have three scenario controls to control extracts between Sinister Traps, Bullet Plans, and the scenario itself helping me out with scenario control. Um, so that's why I'm bringing that one. And plus it's 19 and foes love higher threat values. Um, other Venom things I'm changing. Venom can heal on that yeah. thing too. 
So yeah, it's not like it's a huge hindrance to me. Um, and for other teams, it will be a huge hindrance. Like you want to send this person through the portal, go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> like come to me. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's a really cool scenario. I think it helps out attrition teams as a whole. Um, like Black Order probably loves it, but foes, like it slows the game down. It helps me out a lot. So I'm taking that over something. I forgot what I dropped in the case of it. Uh, I keep wanting to jam Rogue into my roster just because she's super good, but I'm probably just going to give up on that. Um, just because like where the meta is at, I'm still trying to get Hulkbuster in there and still keeping pretty much everything else. But the biggest change is adding ASM, the Crisis, actually putting R&D back in the roster because that was a huge mistake. And then I'm kind of on the fence. I got a couple hours to figure it out. Um, uh, putting Grievous Wounds in for the same reason as Jacob. Uh, Grievous Wounds is in a, really in a Sam heavy meta. It's pretty good. Uh, being able to put, hey, you're not going to be able to field dressing Iron Fist. You're not going to be able to field dressing Sam here. It helps me out because I need to kill those characters as fast as possible with my list. Um, so Grievous Wounds kind of just kind of helps out with that, and I'm kind of thinking about throwing it in there, but I haven't made my decision yet. It's like it's either Grievous Wounds or it's Helios Lasers, so I just have to figure out which way I'm going. Um, I don't know yet. We'll figure out. I got I don't know four more hours, so yeah. Just make sure you have five tactics cards for every threat value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we ran into that one time. <laughs> yeah. So one final thing I wanted to bring up just at the end of the episode, uh, something I did this week, which was great fun, was taking part in Rich Mid's 27-hour MCP streamathon. Uh, he did literally 27 hours solid of playing MCP, having already been up for 12 hours, so he went like 39 hours without sleep. Uh, playing MCP in order to raise money for uh, a charity in the UK called Candle Lighters, who help uh, support families of kids who get cancer. So a really good cause. Uh, it's already raised over two and a half thousand pounds, which I think is like pushing on for three and a half thousand dollars up, up yeah. around that kind of value. So uh, I wanted to say, if you haven't seen some of those games, go and check them out. He plays every single affiliation. Um, uh, I played a really fun game where I uh, my MVPs were Daredevil and Sabretooth. So go figure. Uh, yeah, go and have a look at those games. Uh, the Just Giving link is still working. Uh, so if you have a, a bit of spare money, then it's a really good course. And uh, it's an amazing achievement for him to have made it through that. So a shout out to Rich. And uh, yeah, go check out his, his Just Giving page. Link will be in the show notes. Jacob, I watched some of that. I'm just curious. Did he give you rules on your roster building? Or was it kind of like do whatever you want? No, do what you want. Uh, so I went for kind of a... I was, I was playing him the ninth game in, so about halfway through, uh, and I went for a list that just really taxed his brain. I took Sin's leadership. Uh, I took, uh, yeah, just, just you got to think me, about that. Let me let me tax this man's brain who's been up for fourteen <laughs> yeah. hours already. <laughs> yep, that was the plan. Uh, so I took Sin's leadership. I took Sabretooth because he's got counterattack, Daredevil because he's got counterattack, and I took Sacrifice so I can move attacks onto them and then have them counterattack. Ooh. I had a really nice play where I used face me with Sabretooth. Uh, he was a long move, didn't get him to within range two of Lockjaw, who was carrying two cubes. So I moved him long. I then faced Mead, got Lockjaw to move into range two and off a point. Lockjaw attacked, did no damage. Sabretooth, which is a shame, because actually Sabretooth could have used that damage to move onto the point with his aggressive. He then counterattacked for a, an attack, and then got to make his other attack, which was now in range. So instead of getting to make no attacks, 
I got to make two attacks, and if he'd have done a damage, I also would have got to move on to a point. So just some fun little tech there. Uh, but yeah, face me with Sabertooth is actually really good. It, yeah. That's great. Yeah, some of those games, I, I kind of jumped through it. I mean, it's a lot of MCP. And he, he picked some really wild boards, too. <laughs> it's like, what am I even looking at here? But um, yeah, I if you have a link to that video, I'm sure people will check it out. Yeah, uh, and also you can see the map, uh, a slightly earlier version of a map I submitted in the uh, TTS map competition. Uh, I added more fire since that point. I found a way of getting an animated fire onto the map, which makes it look cooler uh, without impacting gameplay. Uh, so if you want to see one of the upcoming maps that might be in the competitive deck in the near future, I, I've got high hopes that it will be. Uh, I'm, then... I'm trying to push it. Um, just, just so everybody knows, uh, there's been a big shuffle of the maps that are in the competitive deck, and hopefully it's happening tonight. I, I'm not pushing Verse too hard because it is Halloween. He's spending time with his kids. Um, so it might end up being next week that the map changes happen. So, so um, they're going to be live for the finals. Yes, yes, that's the hope. Yeah, and uh, and the Beth Splendens leaks as well. Correct. Cool. All right. Uh, well, thank you everybody for stopping by and listening to us. And uh, as Jacob says, whenever I'm gone, uh, we'll see you next time in the danger room. Yeah, because I never say it except for the exit that I have. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to listen to our opinions. Please note, as time continues, some information may become outdated, but we will do our best to refresh some of the more prevalent episodes to be current. Be sure to check out Across the Bifrost Nexus, where you can find all of your MCP content. And a big thank you to Discount Games Inc. and Blackgate Games, where you can find all of your MCP needs. And then a huge thank you to Atomic Mass Games for developing a game we all enjoy and love. We'll see you next time in the Danger Room.